I'm George Will, and you're listening to the Friendly Confines podcast with Chad and Ryan. Rhino, football season is over for the Bears, the Bulls, and Blackhawks are back in action. And can you believe it? We are weeks away from what is supposed to be a full spring training and a full 162-game season. Can you believe baseball's just around the corner? Not a bad way to start the new year, Chad. We were away for the New Year's holiday, and man, did a lot happen while we were gone. It's uh, plenty that we need to catch up on and talk about in this week's episode. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about um, some key names that are gone. Everybody knows about it. We're not surprising anybody. We're going to talk about Schwarber. We're going to talk about you, Darvish. We're going to talk about an addition to the Cubs, maybe not on the field, um, but in the broadcast booth, a universal winner. And we've got another blockbuster guest, this one from our friends at The Atlantic. That's right. John Greenberg from The Athletic joins us. We are excited to hear his take on the hiring of, as you mentioned, that one person that garnered some good news for the Cubs as well as the Darvish trade. So stick around because the friendly confines starts right now. Hi everybody. I'm Ryan Lieber. He's Chad Gordon and Chad, let's start 2021 off in the first inning with some good news. Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, says that Major League Baseball teams should plan for spring training to start on time and for the full 162-game season to be fully played. What's your reaction when you initially hear this from the commish? I got to tell you, Rhino, I'm going to lead off with I was wrong. I was super wrong. If you remember earlier this year, I said there was no way, there was no possible way the football season could happen much less finish. And, and it did, you know, and, and uh, granted the bears are done. They uh, move on with the rest of the playoffs, but the college BCS, despite some interesting uh, maneuvers in different uh, leagues and conferences, they made it happen as well. And so, you know, we're weeks away from spring training. We're less than 80 days away from, you know, the Cubs home opener. And I think baseball's going to figure out a way to make this happen. Now the big difference between football uh, and baseball is football has a week off and they could play games on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Baseball is just a, is an ongoing slog with, with very few days off. So the fact that he wants to get this done obviously has some financial implications with the TV contracts. Um, but then there's also that hope that maybe this vaccine, maybe the, the speed um, will allow more and more people before the end of this year, the end of the season, can get into the stadium and watch the game. But I'll tell you what, right now, the first time me as a season ticket holder is going to have a chance to sit in my seats, I'm going to be there. Well, I will say this, and we talked about this in the podcast, that Major League Baseball wanted to delay the season by a month to provide more time for the players and the fans to receive the vaccine. But it was the Players Association that really wanted to start the season on time. And I understand why. They want to get paid. They want to play in these games to be able to make the money that they rightly deserve. And so while nothing has been official just yet, it's nice to see that we are going to have that 162 game season. It's important, I think, not just for the players and for the league, but for the morale, as you mentioned, Chad, people like yourself who are season ticket holders who might have that opportunity to eventually go into a ballpark, be it maybe it'll be limited capacity. But regardless, 
you still will be able to eventually see a baseball game. So I'm excited about this. It's not to say we're not going to have roadblocks along the way, much like we have seen with all of the sports that we have seen over the course of the last year. But nonetheless, baseball is going to give it its best effort and try to play that full season. So I'm excited about that. So lead off with some good news, but move on to the second inning for a spate of innings with some kind of negative news, you could say. And the the rain, the era, the Kyle Schwarber time with the Cubs is now officially, officially over. He is now a Washington National. What do you think? Well, I think it's something that we kind of figured was coming. Maybe there was that outside chance that Schwarbs was going to stay with the Cubs and maybe sign a lesser deal, but not to be. What I am a little surprised about, Chad, is I thought for sure he was going to go to the uh, rather the American League, where he could play DH, where he would be that you know hitter in the middle of the lineup that would certainly provide uh, some power for a team that needed it, but. Interestingly enough, he goes to Washington where he's slotted to play potentially in right field uh, for the Nats and he signs a one year, $10 million deal and he gets to be reunited with Davey Martinez, who was his bench coach when he was with Joe Madden on the Cubs back in 2016. So a lot of synergies there with the team. And, and let's not forget Schwarber was in the home run contest when he was in DC a couple of years ago. And he absolutely lit it up in that ballpark. And not to say that the home run derby is going to translate into what he's going to do in the regular season. But certainly if we saw anything when he went head to head with Bryce Harper in that home run derby, he definitely looked comfortable hitting in that ballpark. So that's my take on that. What about you? Well, let's not also forget that Bryce Harper's dad cheated during that home run derby and just did not wait for the ball to clear and just kept throwing it. But we won't talk about that hometown, yeah. no hometown discount. That. So, yeah. So here's here's my take on this. And, and it's interesting. I, I've, I've reflected on on the move and, and your thoughts on American League versus National League. And, you know, I think he just has more value in the National League because he can play a serviceable um, average to average um, corner position in the outfield. He's proven that. And I think what he has also proven is he is not going to tear it up. And really, at this point, he's not shown that he can tear it up as a DH only. You know, some of these guys really want to play both positions. They're more in the game. And, you know, Kyle has gone from being in, in front of every single uh, a play as the catcher to moving into the outfield. And for him just to become just a, a hitter for hire and, and present himself into the game, you know, three to five times uh, a game as a DH, I think that just doesn't work for him. So, you know, I think he's going to be a fan favorite in Washington. I think um, there's been a bit of a void uh, once Bryce left. I think, uh, you know, my nephews are huge national fans and they're already clamoring to, to see him come play. But between him and Soto, it's a nice little offensive punch. Wish him the best. I've said this before. I've said this online. I've said this on Twitter. No one in the history of Major League Baseball before him or after him will ever do what Kyle Schwarber did in that 2016 season. Play two games, get hurt, come back just for the World Series, bat over 400, and basically lead the team to victory in the 10th inning with that hit. So uh, a legend, albeit a very uh, a very bright, fleeting uh, shooting star across the Cubs universe. Certainly will always have a place in every Cubs fan's heart, especially what he did in that 2016 World Series. So let's move on to the third inning now, Chad. And of course, the biggest news while we were away, and we teased it in our last episode, Hugh Darvish gets traded to the San Diego Padres in a seven-player deal along with Victor Caratini and cash considerations for Zach Davies and four prospects in the Padres organization 
The good news is for you, you get to see Darvish and Caratini now on a regular basis, be it that you are based in San Diego. The bad news, Chad, is you also said on this podcast that you would be irate as a season ticket holder if the Cubs were to throw in the towel and look like they were rebuilding. If this doesn't smell like rebuilding to me, Chad, I don't know what is. I want to see you go off right now on this trade because this is exactly what you said you did not want to happen in this organization. So here is your chance to pop off and get really angry. The floor is yours. Well, here's my take on it. I, I see it as a restocking. Um, you know, with Darvish, you know, he's either the one or the number two. I think we would both agree last year, you know, Hendricks got the start to start the season. Hendricks got the start, you know, when when the, the, the big games are there. And Darvish just shined um, as the best pitcher. Um, but technically, the Cubs lost to number one, lost to number two, but then also lost their backup catcher. I, I We've got to see what the Cubs are going to do um, to replace those. This is one of those trades because nobody nobody's ever heard of any of these guys unless you're really deep into international ball and, and minor league baseball. Nobody knew any of these prospects coming. We, we did know they're none of the top ten prospects from the Padres. But this is one of those trades that we won't know as Cubs fans until three, four years out if – how, how the team did, how the Cubs did, how they, you know, how they fared. And so, you know, they, they always say that the shortstops are, 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 are you know, you, you go to a baseball field, the shortstop's always going to be the best athlete. And the Cubs got a whole bunch of shortstops. And actually, if you look at their prospect depth, they're loaded with shortstop talent. Um, how good are any of these guys for the Padres? Have no idea. Um, yes, it is very concerning. But I do see the point. The Padres needed you Darvish more than the Cubs need you Darvish for the Padres to win their division. The Cubs are in arguably one of the weakest divisions in major league baseball in the NL central. Do they have enough to be able to compete? Um, I, I still have always said um, you take you Darvish away. That's huge. That's that's a win every five starts, but I've always said the offense is there. All the stars that are on contract years next year and, and some that have a couple more years left, they're still there. If they can go off offensively, this team has the potential to score runs at will. But how are they going to replace you? How are they going to replace Caratini? And let's be honest, nobody's going to miss Caratini other than you, Darvish, if he had, had parted him. So I'm not going to go off. It's, it's a restock. I understand why they're doing it. I just need to see something from Jed to see what his plans are next. If it's more of the same, we lose more people. We're going to talk about this in future innings. Then, yeah, that's going to be very concerning. Um, but after I've had some time to digest on this, I feel like they sold high on you, Darvish. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, they definitely sold high. And, again, we talked about the prospect of them trading him before all this went down, that he was at a high point. I remember there was that, you know, chatter about, Maybe would you consider sending him to the Yankees at one point? We talked about that. And, you know, I know we were it was never really a trade that was going to happen, but it was something that was written up. Listen, if the Cubs are trading you, Darvish, you mentioned that, yes, the Padres need you, Darvish, to win their division and the Cubs maybe don't. But that doesn't mean the Cubs are going to be able to win a World Series without you, Darvish. And, and this, to me signals that, yeah, maybe the Cubs are good enough to win the NL Central. We'll get more into that a little later in the show. But they certainly aren't good enough to win a World Series. And isn't the point winning championships? So as far as I'm concerned, you've already waved the white flag to say that this year we are not going to win a championship. We're not better than the Dodgers. We're not better than the Padres. We're not better than the Mets. We're not better than the Braves. Those are four teams right there. And they might not be better than the Cardinals or the Brewers. I mean, I don't know. But with that all being said, this is a team that, yes, to your point, when all these players are at their best, 
sure, they can be a great team, but we haven't seen all these players at their best. And that is, to me, the signal of a team that is really, whatever you want to call it, retooling, reloading, or rebuilding, they're re-something. And that something is definitely not moving in the direction for fans that is going to result in what we saw in 2016. That's for sure. Yeah, and if you, if you want to see me uh, uh, really spout off, which I, was, I know you're hoping that I was going to do, let's talk about the fourth <laughs> Well, you inning. might now. Maybe now you will. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is where it, it could very much be. But in the fourth inning, we're going to talk about, you know, this last weekend on Twitter, it was, you know, in, in the Twitter sphere, you know, the uh, Chris Bryant trade is imminent. It's going to happen any moment, you know, linked to the Mets and other teams. And then just recently in the last couple of days, Wilson Contreras, uh, you know, big interest in Miami. Um, and, you know, will they get rid of him as well? Uh, Rhino, what do you think about this trade? Is this just reason? I, I was going to say to sell newsprint, but nobody's buying newsprint anymore. It's all Twitter stuff. Is this just for clicks? Is this clickbait? Or do you think, uh, how likely do you think Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras are going to be dealt or be on that opening day roster with the Cubs? You know what, Chad? I think every player not named Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, and Kyle Hendricks is open for a team to make the Cubs an offer. I really do believe that. And if the Cubs receive the right offer for Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras, I think they would pull the trigger on that. And then in that case, then we are definitely signaling a complete end of an era to this franchise. I, I, I mean, you and I have talked about it on the show countless times that in the Cubs' best interest, let Brian start the season with this team, allow him to get himself back to a place where he was at that MVP form that we know he is, you know, capable of being. And then if the Cubs are out of it, then you have that opportunity to, as you said, sell high, get better prospects in return. I don't know what the Cubs can get for Chris Bryant. And I know that Wilson Contreras is also a player who you can get some great prospects for, but if you're going to trade Wilson Contreras, who's arguably the best player on the team right now, then what does that show for you? So I certainly hope that if they are going to do this, they are definitely going to be getting some solid prospects in return, but I don't know what to think anymore. And I, I certainly hope they don't do it because as you said, all we kept hearing from Jed Hoyer during his news conference was that, they're not looking to go back to 2011 and 2012 yet. This is what it's turning into. If we see these two guys traded, what about you? We're a long way from 2011 and 2012. We are a long way so. just from star power. And just from the, the guys we are, we're kind of in that. I mean, we're in that 08 range where we still have a lot of big names and do we have enough or do we just whimper in the playoffs again and get out? Like that's been the status quo, but here's what I'll share with you in my, my perspective. I, I, I have not, wavered from this if you're going to make a move for Chris Bryant let him show you something and if the Cubs are not going to be in position make a move in the season when it makes sense you cannot give him away for scraps we don't know if the Cubs did well in the U Darvish trade nobody can say because we're not going to go for years um, for the Bryant trade it's free agents changed so drastically in the last few years there just isn't that opportunity to get a great haul from one of these you know transcendent from one of these top players like a Chris Bryant and a Wilson Contreras I don't think a move's going to happen unless the right situation the right I mean why would you take somebody on like Wilson Contreras which or or Chris which seemingly would be like a win now situation and then give away something of value 
Um, the Cubs are so well below the luxury cap right now. They're so well below um, where they are financially. If that's what they want to do to create some payroll flexibility, they've done that. Um, and now if they know they're going to be playing in a full season, then they could start making some financial plans. I just think because we're ahead of the, you know, the, the new, the new uh, potential uh, action between the, the, the owners and the players association, when they renegotiate a new contract, it is going to be a standstill. It's going to continue to be a standstill for most of the, the organizations out there, except for the White Sox, except for the Padres, um, and then the teams that are already set in stone. If the Cubs go to battle with the lineup they have right now, they still need to work out another outfielder. They need to figure out what's going on at second base. They need another pitcher. They need another backup catcher. There's a lot of unknowns. I don't think we're going to see major moves after this point. I think you, Darvish, makes sense in retrospect. Um, but Wilson and Chris – why would you give them away at this point? It makes no sense. Neither one of them are killing you financially. Yep, absolutely true. I hope it doesn't happen. So let's move on now to the fifth inning now, Chad. Some good so news. How about some, some good, good news, news yes. finally. Unfortunately, it didn't come from on the field. But nonetheless, after the Cubs lose Len Casper to the White Sox in the radio booth, the Cubs pull off a huge move in the world of broadcasting, luring in ESPN broadcaster Boog Shambi to be the next voice of the Marquee Sports Network. How about that, Chad? What do you think of this? Have you ever... Can you think back to a time where the Cubs made a move and it was universally loved? There's not a soul that hates this move. I mean, Boog was on your shortlist. It was on Sylvie's shortlist last, last week when we talked to him about who he wanted to see come in. Uh, and, and he's a great presence. He's going to interact online. He's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, he's had the biggest stage. He's got relationships with, with Rossi and with Sut. You know, it, this seems to be just the most perfect move. If you remember, you asked me who I wanted to see. And remember what I said? I said, I kind of want to trust the process. The Cubs have to go after somebody that makes sense for the Cubs and the Cubs culture. This is a home run. I love this deal. It's absolutely a home run. And for someone like Boog Shambi, who, you know, has that national presence, but at the same time brings that folksy sort of broadcast, uh, you know, sort of um, sediment to his, you know, television whimsy, so to speak, if that even makes sense, what I just said. Um, you know, he's personable. He's funny. He, he's irreverent. Um, you mentioned the relationship he has with Rossi. I, I just feel like he is such a perfect fit for what Marquis is looking for because they want to have that national feel. But at the same time, the fans want to have that feel as if they're watching WGN still with like Harry doing the games or Chip doing the games or Len doing the games. And I think Boog fits it perfectly. Now, if now Boog, the only thing I ask now is, you got to return my text messages, man. We want you to come on the show as a guest. Come on. You've done everybody else's show. It's time to come on ours if you're listening. Please, man. I'm begging you. Yeah, Mar but, yeah, this is very exciting, Chad. I, I really think this is, at least if nothing else, the, the broadcast will be entertaining this year, to say the least. The right move, the right opportunity, the right guy to, to grow into his role. Um, you know, when Lynn Casper came on board, it was, you know, he was relatively an unknown to the Chicago market. And he obviously became beloved um, with Boog. You've got a guy that's a known entity and he has this opportunity, I think, to uh, really set his set himself up um, and create a standard. So let's move on. And, to and, and real quick, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll just say this, the, the Cubs and the White Sox now with just 
four tremendous broadcasters, yeah. both in radio and TV, which you can't say about many markets. Absolutely. So I'll just leave it at that. Absolutely. So, Boog, please, let's uh, let's have you on before the season starts, before you get going. Um, let's move on to the sixth inning, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about free agency. Uh, There's a big tryout uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Corey Kluber you may remember his name from uh, a few years back uh, against the Cubs, but he had a huge a uh, huge, huge uh, workout, and the Cubs actually were at that showcase among many other teams. And uh, I don't know, what do you think the likelihood that the Cubs would be all in on what would be one of the top free agents that are still out there? Yeah, I mean, listen, Corey Kluber, apparently he very much impressed in his showcase when he threw for several Major League Baseball teams. I mean, this is a guy who has won multiple Cy Young awards. Uh, He was the best pitcher in baseball, has had some injury issues over the past several years, but he is getting up there in age. However, if he's somebody that I think this team could help a ball club and the Cubs especially, and probably could get him on the cheap, he might be somebody that you look at and say, hey, let's give this guy a flyer and try to, you know, see if we can uh, work out something with him to, you know, help this baseball team. I would... I would like to see Corey Kluber on the Cubs. I don't think you have anything to lose, especially if you sign him to a one-year deal that's laid in incentive and certainly at a low cost. Um, what do you have to lose making him your number four or five starter in the rotation? I kind of like it. I'd like to see it happen. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think if, if he does get signed anywhere, it's probably going to be one of those one-year kind of prove-it deals. You know, he's in his mid uh, mid-30s. I think he just got one inning in last season before he went down and, and, and he has under, I think under 40 innings over the last two years because of a lot of injury. So 35 years old, uh, you know, with a fastball uh, that I don't think during the tryout today, I don't believe based upon reports touch 90. So I think it was, it was, you know, 88, 89 miles an hour. This isn't an overpowering guy, but I think you're right. Is he, is he a proven winner that can come in and uh, and do the job for you on a one-year deal and kind of prove it. If you're going to do that, why don't you just, you know, see what Arietta's doing these days and, and what his uh, velocity looks like. So I think the Cubs are uh, hopefully going to be looking um, to show off what Jed Hoyer and this new revamped front office is going to do. It's it's weird how baseball's changed so much. Um, we really are looking to see how, you know, are our smart guys smarter than your smart guys? So if it's not Corey Kluber, Jed and team sure better come up with a solution soon because this rotation is lacking and and so is the the entire lineup so it's going to be interesting to see what happens between now and the next four to five weeks before spring training time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the friendly confines and we are so excited for our next guest we've been working really hard to get him on and we finally have been able to pin him down He is the editor-in-chief and a columnist over at The Athletic in Chicago. He also has a great book. Be sure to check it out. His book is called If These Walls Could Talk, The Chicago Cubs Stories from the Chicago Cubs Dugout, Locker Room, and Press Box. It is my pleasure to welcome John Greenberg to the seventh inning stretch. John, welcome to the Friendly Confines. How you doing? I'm doing good, Ryan. Thanks for thanks for having me. You didn't have to send, uh, you know, armed security to make sure I, I made it on the podcast, but I, <laughs> I think it helped. It helped remind me. 
you know, I just wanted to make sure, John, just wanted to give you that friendly, friendly reminder. So, <laughs> so I'm glad we could make it happen. And you can find John on Twitter at John underscore Greenberg. Certainly be sure to check him out there. So, John, let's start here with the big news of the week. It seemed like we'd been getting just bad news if you're a okay. Chicago Cubs fan. But huge news that the Athletic broke announcing that Boog Shambi from ESPN is now the new play-by-play announcer for the Marquee Sports Network. How big and huge of a hire is this for the Marquee Sports Network and in general for the Cubs after everything they've been dealing with this offseason? Yeah, I mean, it's really like a perfect hire, right? This is the kind, like I was joking, you know, when Hendry got fired, I said, you know, Ricketts needs to hire a Theo type. And like when Len leaves, you're like, oh, they need a Bukshambi type and they got Bukshambi. I mean, he was... You know, when I talked to our guys who were really on this, were, were our beat writers, Patrick Mooney and Sadaf Sharma, and, you know, they they knew Shambi was someone they want, the Cubs wanted to talk to, but they weren't sure he was going to be willing to take a step down from his national role. He's a pretty big ESP. He's not just like a, a middling ESPN broadcaster. He's, you know, a very popular one. And that was kind of my question to him when we did the Zoom on Monday is like, yeah, yeah, Wrigley's great. You love the Cubs, but, but why take this step? And then he gave this quote. That's like, it was like, it was written by Marquee sports network, you know, and the Cubs just saying that baseball matters on the North side. You know, I want to be somewhere where baseball matters. Um, And I, I think this was like, it's an interesting thing because when a guy leaves for at least a TV job for a radio job across town, you know, that would seem to indicate, you know, it's not a good job, but obviously the Cubs broadcasting job doesn't come open very often. So this was a huge job and a lot of people, you know, were interested and some people were, were, I wouldn't say like they were ready to leave their jobs for it, but they were listening. There were people with really good jobs I know of, you know, in baseball that were willing to listen to the Cubs pitch, you know, and see if they wanted to make the move. So, you know, the fact that they got, you know, we've been making fun of the marquee for being obsessed with national names, but this is a national Bukshambi is a national guy who feels like a local guy. You know, he gets jokes. He's got a personality. He's charming. You know, he's just kind of like a, a perfect baseball announcer for 2020. John, I, I'm curious if this is something you would know, and I know you report on media matters as well. There was a lot of chatter in the beginning that Chris Myers was kind of the, the point mm-hmm. person initially. And then all of a sudden, kind of out of the blue, yeah. we, we see Boog. So I'm curious, to the best of your knowledge, how did this come about, if that was even discussed? And how did it maybe shift from the narrative of Myers being the guy to then all of a sudden them landing Boog, if that's possible? Well, the Myers thing started with us because Sahadev Sharma and his Sahadev broke the Len Casper story. I mean, no one even had a I don't even know if anyone, I think maybe one other person was on it, but, you know, we, we kind of blew everyone's minds because we ran it at like 11 o'clock at night, you know, as soon as we got it confirmed by a few people. Um, and he put that Myers was the leading name. Now, this didn't, that didn't come from Marquis. That came from people in the industry who were hearing stuff, you know, and these were, you know, really plugged in people. And then people plugged in around the or- Cubs organization were hearing it, but we never said he was going to get it. And then... NBC Sports Chicago accidentally reported that he got the job. And that's when it really blew up. And I, I listen, I don't, they won't tell me for sure, but I have to imagine as stubborn maybe as the marquee people could be sometimes with, you know, Twitter and, 
people like me and my my opinions, um, they had to have seen that like yeah, maybe fans are not thrilled with, with that idea. And it's not really anything wrong with Chris Myers. It's just that he's just kind of he is kind of like the classic national guy, right? Like no one, he's just there. He's just like, oh, Chris Myers is on the call. All right, that makes sense. You know, he's doing the Fox the fourth <laughs> the fourth best game on Fox. Sure, um, you know, but I I really don't think they'd ever. I don't know. I don't think they were ever really officially like set on him, but he was supposed to do games for Len last year, you know, and Len in a perfect, if the pandemic doesn't happen, Len was supposed to only do about 130 of the 150 or so games Marquis had because he was going to do some national games. And the same, you know, is with, with Boog Shiambi. I, I do think, Boog, you know, if they made a list of the national type guys they wanted to talk to, he was, Shiambi was at the top of the list. I mean, he's, very well respected. He knows Wrigley. You know, I don't know how much I haven't talked to Jim Deshays yet, but I know Jim likes him. I, Len told me they did not ask Len really for his opinion on jobs on who should replace him, but you know, Len would have put him near the top of the list as well. We're talking with John Greenberg, editor in chief and columnist at the Athletic in Chicago. You can find him on Twitter at John underscore Greenberg. Um, John, I don't know how much Boog maybe got into this, or if this is something you were able to kind of find out or the the team at the athletic but he's got a great relationship with david ross he has a great relationship with rick sutcliffe and he mentioned that he's very close with len casper from their time down here in south florida when they were both broadcasters with the marlins did any of those three have a hand in potentially giving him that kind of nudge to say you need to go after this job and this would be the perfect fit for you you know, he said he hasn't really talked to Len about it, you know, since I guess maybe – I think what he meant is he hasn't talked about it since he decided to take it, which has probably been a couple of days. Um, but, you know, he, he talked to Len when Len left. So I, I would say that's probably kind of like an unspoken thing with them um, and with everyone else. You know, I, I'm sure Ross was in his ear about it because he told us Ross gave him, like, funny notes, you know, like sent him a text, like, make sure you say how much you miss me. That type of stuff. <laughs> and I'm sure that was a part of it too. You know, as you know, I assume the marquee people realized that he was Ross's partner, you know, Ross's time at ESPN and, and realized that would be a benefit. I mean, you know, that's a huge benefit to have that kind of relationship just in the, you know, cause they talk to the manager before every game, the, the TV and the radio team. So, I mean, just to have that rapport and I assume they're going to want to do, you know, how the national broadcasts do where they talk to the manager during the game that would make perfect sense in this case because you've got a rapport, you know, with these two and Jim Deshays has a rapport with everyone. Cause he's awesome. Um, so yeah, I would say the comfortability, comfortability probably it's a thing to, you know, something to do with it, but it's funny in these deals, a lot of times it, it doesn't really happen like that. Like you think, like I remember talking to Jason Hayward, you know, he and Dexter Fowler know each other since they were kids, you know, growing up in Georgia and playing together. And I was like, did you talk to Dex about taking, you know, the deal with the Cubs? Because Fowler was a free agent at the time. But he goes, you know what? I didn't. <laughs> He's like, I didn't talk to him about it at all. He's like, which I think people find pretty surprising. You know, sometimes when it comes to people's jobs and money, they really kind of, you know, keep maybe a, keep it a little closer to the vest than you might think. Sure. Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. Let's shift gears. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on on the field right now, because there's plenty of things that are happening. Not so much good news for the Cubs right now, but obviously the biggest news was the trade of of Hugh Darvish 
to the San Diego Padres. Was this nothing more, in your opinion, than a salary dump that we saw this organization and that the Ricketts are just in financial dire straits as they claim to be right now? Definitely part of it. I mean, you can't, you know, no matter what they say, you can't dodge the fact that they saved a ton of money on you going forward, you know, and they need to, you know, I guess they think they need to recalibrate. But, you know, I was thinking about this before the season. I really wish I would have written it. And I know we wrote something about, and I know one of our writers, you know, broached the idea of trading you. But to me, you know, when I started thinking about what they could do, trading you made the most sense, even though it makes the least sense if you want a competitive team. It makes the most sense if you're really looking to start rebuilding and start, you know, what they claim is maybe like a gap year or just taking it slower this year is kind of how they phrased it, you know, reassessing. But, you know, everyone's talking about trading all their hitters who are going to be free agents. Well, guys, that doesn't really, you know, that can land you some at the deadline, right? When teams are desperate, it can get you a little bit more. But right now, just, you know, people aren't going to give you as much for one year of Chris Bryant or one year of Rizzo or whatever, what they're going to trade for is when you have multiple years. And I mean, the Cubs show that by getting multiple years of Jose Quintana and giving up two top prospects. I mean, we saw that firsthand. I was even going to write the, you know, we always, James Feagan, our, our White Sox writer always jokes whenever people, you know, immediately say like, Oh, the White Sox should, should uh, sign Kyle Schwarber. And he's like, you know, should I get, give these people my MLB.tv login so they know there's other teams in the league? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a running joke. So, But I literally was going to write a U Darvish or Michael Kopech column. And, and frankly, like, that's not outrageous. I don't think they're, like, dying to trade Kopech. But, I mean, honestly, like, it, it probably is, has crossed their minds, you know. And that would actually be a really good – that would have been a really good trade for the White Sox and for the Cubs. Sure. So yeah, I, I almost yeah. wrote that just because, yeah, you, it stinks they lost him. But if you're going to go down that road, you know, marketing him makes the most sense. The problem was, is the return, you know, we're all so accustomed now to these prospect lists and we're so familiar with them. Even if we have no freaking clue who any of these guys are, obviously we've never seen these guys play in person, but you know, when you trade for, you know, four guys who have played, you know, no time in, in the United States, you know, the most experienced guy played like 40 games in the Arizona rookie league. You know, it's a weird look. And like, it's not just people complaining on Twitter that think it's weird. Everyone thinks it's a little, it's a little odd, but Jed explained it the best he could in that, you know, he's looking for, they wanted quantity. They wanted quantity and quality, you know, and they didn't want to just trade you for one guy, one good prospect. And, you know, one young guy, they went for four young guys and, I think the important thing to remember is something he brought up and I was something I was thinking about before our call is that just because they, it doesn't mean the Cubs are waiting for these guys to mature to compete again. These guys can be traded in a year. No one's seen any of these guys play. So like the people are like, Oh, they're not their top ranked prospects. But like, well, how could they be? <laughs> you know, how, how could you rank a right. 17 year old as the top prospect? <laughs> like, sure. like I couldn't even find pictures of these guys in the wire services. Like, you know, I found, we found <laughs> that there's like one of the guys, the guy that played in the Arizona league, um, and I, his name's uh, escaping me right now. I think it was Santana, maybe Yason, whatever that guy. Um, there's okay. like a few of him. And then there's uh Preciado, Reginald Preciado, there's pictures of him when he was 15 and played in like an under 15 uh, World Cup tournament. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a little league. Right, exactly.
And our thanks once again to John Greenberg of The Athletic. Had some great insight on Boog Shambi and, of course, the Darvish trade. And you can find John on Twitter, at John underscore Greenberg. Make sure to follow him and, of course, read The Athletic as well. They always have some amazing information. I feel like they break everything, Chad. And, uh, of course, social media is not far from us as well. You can find Chad on Twitter, at the Chad Gordon. I am at Ryan D. Lieber, and you can also find us on Facebook at our Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page. We love interacting with you guys, love to hear from you, so please make sure to join that as well as we start the eighth inning. Yeah, and I love The Athletic, and I, I, and I love the, the work that John and the others do. I, I don't pay for a lot of subscriptions, but I did that. A really quick, funny story about The Athletic. They were emailing me saying, hey, you know, we got this special deal. You, 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 you did a short-term subscription in the, in the past. For, you know, we'll give it to you for 50% off. I emailed back what I thought was like an auto message, and I'm like, it's too rich for me. I could do it for 60% off. Somebody got back to me within minutes and said, deal. Here's the code. <laughs> I've been signing up for the last two years. Very so I like impressive. Their, I like their approach. They're out hustling out there. So um, the guys in the athletic hope we get to talk to a lot more. They're, they're out there doing real great journalism and great stories. So let's move on to the eighth inning. And yeah, Rhino, you know, I'm a season ticket holder, both at Wrigley and at Mesa. Um, and, you know, if you guys need some seats, you got a guy, let me know. I always sell them face value to my friends. Um, it's interesting as a season ticket holder with the interesting unknowns of COVID, right? And so the story here on the eighth inning is there's there's a lot of inner workings going on right now. We're, we're under 50 days at this point um, before spring training starts. Uh, we're under 80 days before opening day um, at Wrigley. And there's a lot of unknowns. I mean, you know, uh, they've said they want to play a full slate of both spring training and, and uh, the regular season. But in Mesa, a nice little treat. Normally at this time, I've already paid my half deposit. And then last week I had to pay the other half. Um, they came back and they said, hey, if you just want to not pay this year, we'll give you a refund on the other 50%. You can sit out this year, not lose your place in line, not lose your seats. And in fact, we're not going to do a relocation uh, event. So you can't even miss out on getting better seats. You can sit this one out. That's never happened before, Ryan. So that lets me know they're unsure about a crowd in Mesa. And by the way, Wrigley, I've already paid the big monster initial deposit, and then they at least broke it up into four payments. I made the other big payment, the second payment, just this last week. So they're not they're not doing any refunds, um, and they're not sure what the heck's going to go on there. What do you think about that? Are the Cubs just good, smart business? Do they not want to worry about all the refunds? Normally at this time, people are thinking it's just a no-interest loan to the Cubs to do whatever they want to, but baseball sure has changed when it comes down to money. Yeah, it really has. And I mean, you know, depending on who you believe, you know, some people are claiming baseball lost over three billion dollars last year with a B. Uh, you know, that doesn't sit well. And I think if you're trying to do good business, especially if you're part of a team that uh, might be looking at a rebuild and you have fans that are pretty upset right now, I think you're going to try and do everything you can to appease your season ticket holders who are your core base fans that have been supporting this team for years. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it's a nice gesture. I don't know really the inner workings. If you, you know, hear what's rumbling on the streets, the Ricketts are, you know, in dire straits financially. So I don't know what that has to do with them deciding maybe not to charge people or to just try to get as many people back for the following season. 
But nonetheless, listen, as somebody who has been a season ticket holder like yourself for a long period of time, and to know that your seats aren't going anywhere and that this is kind of like a pain-free year where you don't have to worry about anything or everything, um, I'm sure that's one less thing you have to worry about, that you can just come back in 2022 when hopefully we're back at full capacity and, you know, it's like nothing ever happened. Yeah, and and, and honestly, it, it just got down to the point where my head was starting to hurt. You know, I, I how is I going to be able to use the tickets? I, I don't. I don't have tickets at Wrigley or Mesa because I want to cash in and make money. This it's not a business to me. I want to be as many games as I can at both those places. And if I can't, if you're a friend of mine, that means you've got season tickets because you can have access to my great seats. And, and so as I was saying, my head was starting here with spring training. I was like, well, how do I plan for that? How do I, how do I know, you know, when, if I'm going to take time off or head over there or, or who can even come with me if somebody could fly in, you know, there's so many unknowns on what was even going to be available in Mesa. So I really felt like, the Cubs just did me a favor. I do fully expect, even though I have my flight already booked to Chicago, and actually I have it because I plan to go see all the first six games in Chicago, and then I'm going to go straight over to Pittsburgh and see a, the weekend series at, at P. Uh, that's if it happens, it won't happen. But I fully expect to get a refund for April and May, and I, I don't think fans are going to be in the stands or I'll have the ability to use my tickets at Wrigley for a while. So I think I'm going to get some money clawed back um, from from the, the Cubs at Addison and Clark, but. I thought it was a nice gesture for spring training for Mesa for the group there, but I also realized they don't have a flipping clue what's going to be happen in a matter of weeks. So just send the money back, and then if the tickets are available, they'll have a, a supply and demand situation on their end, and they can set the prices. And if there are season ticket holders who kept them, then you know, good on them if they're local. I certainly can't make it, even though it's a five six hour drive. I can't just on a whim just head over there and, and watch a game. So I was glad they made that decision a nice decision when it comes to um, treating us right when they haven't always done that. Yeah, without a doubt. So let's finish up, Chad, in the ninth inning. So we've gone over what has happened so far since we've been gone as we start this new year of podcasts. So, Chad, 34 days of as of this recording until spring training starts, and it begs the question, are the Cubs still the team to beat in the National League Central with the team they – currently have of this recording what do you think you mentioned earlier and i was going to just stop the recording and say do you really want to go on a record on this but you mentioned that the brewers would have a chance to be competitive they i mean when you get rid of of, of your best offensive player in, in jed york yorko you know that shows you're you're kind of waving the the, the white flag uh, i i i don't see the brewers or the pirates um having much of a role and it looks as if especially with bauer being gone um that you know that the reds are also looking to make some moves to lighten their their payroll as well so i do think it's a two-horse race i think pride's going to come down to it i think that ultimately when i said it kind of made sense in retrospect about you is you know jed looked at it and said do we have enough horses to beat the cardinals and i think the cardinals actually have better pitching right now better depth than pitching right now but i think offensively the Cubs have an opportunity to compete um, and score a lot of runs. And so I do think it's going to be a horse race between the Cardinals and the Cubs. I'd really discount the other teams. And ultimately it is about making the postseason and being hot at the right time. Sadly though, the Cubs have not been hot at the right time since the NLCS in 2017. Yeah. I mean, look, do, do I really think the Brewers are, you know, one of the top teams in the NL central? I don't, but, I'm not also going to discount a team that has Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain on it either. So regardless of, you know, they don't look like they are on paper, 
I, again, and I'm not trying to make this into a Brewers are good and the Cubs are not yeah. good conversation. I'm just saying that anything is up for grabs, in my opinion, in the NL yeah. Central. And yes, I think right now, if I had a gun to my head, I think the Cardinals are the best team right now in the NL Central. I do. I think you said it. They have the pitching. They still have, you know, a, a solid team overall of players that I think can, you know, a nightly basis and and they didn't really make while they didn't make any crazy moves to uh you know help their team they certainly didn't make any crazy moves to hurt their team either and you know look a lot has to go right with this cubs team i I mean they just they aren't showing it as you mentioned they're not hitting their stride when they're supposed to be and you still have a cardinals team that you know has a, a matt carpenter and a paul goldschmidt and you know the the players that i think can you know, take this team from point A to point B. I think the Cubs can be in it. I'd love to obviously see it happen, but I'm not convinced that the Cubs are the best team in the in the National League Central. That's for sure. So with that, that is going to wrap things up on this edition, our first of 2021. And we hope to, of course, bring you many more throughout the year. Once again, our thanks to John Greenberg from The Athletic. We appreciate his time. For Chad, I am Ryan. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. See you at the ballpark, everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Dempster, and you're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field The first time you walk into Wrigley